through the last segment and a couple of uh, short questions on the, on the personal note as well, right? And we talked a lot about learning, uh, relearning, about keeping ourselves uh, flexible, about kind of being prepared for jobs that aren't, don't even exist. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, how, how do you learn? I mean, do you have some sort of very specific practical information, websites? How do you get information? How do you, how do you keep yourself in touch with the new developments? How do you learn? Well, that's a loaded question. It's a loaded question. <laughs> I guess I would like to focus more on specific resources. Maybe there's a website or there's, a, there's well, some sort of... A, well, first, you know, first of all, I get, I've been, always been restless. So <laughs> if I go in and I build a company like Freight Forwarding and it's running well, then I'm bored and then I, I want to move on, right? And then 3PL and then 4PL and then with Liam Fong and then with Arshia building integrated infrastructure in India. And then I thought, what else can I learn? There's so much I have to learn. And, and so I kind of flipped over to also be a CEO mentor to SMEs. And, and one of the reasons I've started working heavily uh, with the startup community in the last three years, even the Cairo Society, which is linked to Silicon Valley, where we work with startups already at the college level, is... I know how I can help them with structure, with strategy, with business model, even with raising capital, but they're teaching me at the same time. So every time that I interact with a startup, which could have a college student or it could have a senior mid-career entrepreneur that quit his job and started it, I know where I can help them, but they're teaching me at the same time, which is, which is a beautiful experience. And, and so one of the things I did was I forced myself into the space the last three years because I believe disruption is going to rip apart every business. And I wanted to get more involved with that piece uh, and go through that new learning curve. And, and so I'm heavily involved with the logistics space, but I'm also touching med tech and fintech. And it's all a learning curve, right? I didn't, know, I didn't know what cryptocurrency was until a few months ago, and then I'm just immersing myself in it, again, with a very steep uh, learning curve. But I will look at the web and a lot of articles. Mm. Uh, I usually read about three books on, on a Kindle slash iPad, but I'll flip between them, actually, while I'm reading them. So I always like to read a biography on a famous leader for inspiration. I like to read something about new business models or technology, and then a third one could be you know, on any issue, but especially history. And then I like Audible, where I can also, when I'm going on the train or I'm in the gym, I actually have a book read to me, because we just don't have time to read and keep up with this stuff. And we're so used to little bites. On the internet, we, we move across. I do the same to collect information. I do a mix from political to business to tech to different themes. You try to be diverse and, and, and pick up knowledge that way, but then you still have to read books. You still have to have a full story. And because time is so short, I like uh, electronic books and I also like audible books. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm still not getting enough time to absorb what I wish I could. Yeah. But we all need to manage emails and things like that more efficiently too. And and also I mean talk about audio, that's why we also did the, we started doing the podcast because I think I mean as 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 yourself, as myself, as many other people. Well, it's a great way to learn from and each other. Yeah, exactly. Very much you, so. you can listen to it wherever you are and it's 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 fantastic. Um, when you think of the word successful in the industry, 
what would be two names that come to your mind? Well, if you want to know who I, who I really admire in terms of our industry redefining it in unique ways, one is the bias I have to Lian Fong because mm -hmm. Victor Fong already 20 years ago took a family trading company as a former professor from Harvard and he turned it into the largest virtual manufacturer in the world way back then with roughly 20,000 virtual factories in 54 countries producing major brands around the world, aggregating raw material and feeding it in and executing the supply chain. I mean, back when he did this 20, 30 years ago, unbelievable. So he's one of the radicals of the industry a visionary and I never thought I'd have the privilege of working with someone and, and in the end even that that I worked with him and I learned a great deal I still get to meet him and get his advice and, and you got to have mentors in your career we all have to have mentors people who are who are way beyond our level who can teach us and guide us at every stage no matter who you are so Victor Fong is one that I admire and, and I, I, I I'm really grateful that I've had the privilege to work with him I think Jeff Bezos is building the most radical business on the planet. Um, through G20 and WF and others, I've met some amazing leaders in artificial intelligence and, and cutting edge technology. And they're all telling me, not only has Jeff Bezos redefined the whole uh, retail experience on a massive scale, right? That was a big vision when he built this. He took tremendous debt for over a decade in order to create this, but he has accumulated a database on everyone. What we read, what we look at, how long we look at things. That database is unbelievably valuable. Then beyond that retail experience, he has created the largest cloud network in the world. He owns the largest cloud network in the world. Microsoft, Google, they're, they're all large, but he has the largest cloud network in the world. I didn't realize that until recently. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, he's building the entire infrastructure for the new economy, for every industry, as a separate piece. And then he's going to continue having volumes feeding to leading companies like DHL and FedEx and others, but he started to build his own logistics piece, Empire. I don't believe he's going to do it for 100% of his business. I think he's going to build this as an additional enhancement tool beyond the partnerships that he will also have. And he literally can drive his own customer volume onto the planes that he's now buying and chartering and in future trucks and in future 3D printing trucks. But I think he is also going to have excess capacity, which he will allow other logistics companies to come in on his assets, which will further squeeze down the cost of his products or improve his margins even further. I think he is a genius who is creating a 20-year vision ahead of what we can see today. Super. And he's going to be incredibly powerful. He already is. And he was for a short while the richest person on earth. I think now he went back, but I think he's going to be there. So. Well, I, I met Bill Gates when he came to Singapore before, and, and he's, he's just an amazing uh, you know, individual in his own way. But if you ask, so those would be the two in our industry that I think have, have been transformational. I think Steve Jobs at Apple also played a big role in, in building 
out the uh, supply chain industry because the way he developed the phones, the design in California, the execution through virtual manufacturing, right? Even today, virtual manufacturing. And then the iTunes is actually, again, a model for that technology. And even Victor Fung and Steve Jobs had quite a few discussions. Uh, so I think there's another example of these creative geniuses. Now, if you ask me as an entrepreneur who I admire most in the world today, it's Elon Musk. Mm. He is an amazing human being because he literally, and, and I, I just want to build this into the interview because we want everyone to think more radically. Here's Elon Musk, and he creates Tesla, the electric car. Almost, almost his whole factory making the car is robots. Right? So he's already changed the way cars are made beyond Ford, Chrysler, Toyota. It's almost all robotics. He's created an electronic car. I drove one in California. It's a beautiful car. It goes zero to 60 faster than a Ferrari or, or almost equal. He now is changing the price point to hit the middle class. He's already built an electric grid across the United States which other electric cars are going to end up using. So he's creating his own fuel yeah. company, you know, the fixed and variable cost structure, and now he's building that overseas. Then he created Solar City. So he's creating the, sol the largest solar panel company in the United States is his also, Solar City, with his cousins. And now he's creating the largest battery plant in Reno, Nevada, which uh, is, I think, seven, $7 billion factory or something to that level. And it's not only for cars, it's also for homes to store energy and, and change their cost structure. No, that's not enough. Then he's gone out and he's created SpaceX and they've already docked with a space station three times. So he's created the first rocket that can actually, the boosters can land back and be reused, which reduces the rocket cost uh, by several hundred percent. For relaunches, I mean, because absolutely, it, absolutely amazing. amazing, and and then oh, and then you have his his new venture, which is the the tube train, right? So so there is a genius entrepreneur that everyone says his companies aren't dead or he doesn't get it. He's changing the world in multiple platforms. So so we have these amazing people out there, but he he and Bill Gates and Stephen Hawkins are also warning about how to leverage AI, but not to let AI overtake us. And the estimate from many of these leaders is by 2035, AI will meet and exceed human knowledge, accessing all human knowledge through the cloud. And we have to worry about that. So that's not 500 years in the future, that's 2035 roughly. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's... Uh... That's something that we need to inbuild some sort of system policies. I don't know what uh, what it is, but definitely we need to figure it out because uh, that can be a, a and that'll threat. and that'll come out of Silicon Valley or out of China more likely. These are the two places. Probably. So so we already have to talk about it. But I love leaders that create new things and that transform. Taking over something and just incrementally improving it is not that exciting. It doesn't take as much talent as we think. But being able to take a business and grow it, but to break out 
and, and, and create transformational solutions. Those are leaders that I really respect and, and admire and they inspire me. And whatever we do in our business, and that goes back to your earlier question, how can we encourage people within our organizations in this industry to become mini transformationists, mm. right? So still there's talent in our companies. How do we get them to do their own miniature breakout opportunities, right? Yeah. And then how do we reward that uniquely? I think these are issues we need to uh, do much better job at in our industry. And it's, it's creating these microcultures uh, or organizational microcultures of creativity, fostering innovation, uh, empowering people. You gave some great examples of your past, uh, past case, case studies and it works so well and, and still uh, mind-bogglingly few big companies are doing it right. Um, so yeah, I think that's I mean very interesting point. Great, great sharing, Paul. Uh, so I, I think we're in an industry that actually is full of excitement, yeah. full of opportunity, full of transformation. So if we market that to the next generation, this is one of those amazing places to touch the global economy, to integrate with technology, to work collaboratively and, and to drive change that impacts all the countries of the world. Yeah. Um, so how is this not an exciting industry with what's coming in the next 10 years? But we better be prepared for it and we better, uh, we better embrace those changes coming uh, because they're coming whether we're prepared for them or not. The train has, uh, like uh, my, my previous speaker, Charles Brewer, uh, he had a saying, he's saying the train has left the station you better hop on the train, don't stay in front of the train because we're going to get hit. So I think we, we just need to brace ourselves, technology, innovation, all this, uh, this uh, you know, blockchain, IoT, automation, robots, drones, they're coming, they're happening, they're happening faster than a lot of people are realizing, like, uh, like you shared, a lot of CEOs are not exactly realizing how fast it is happening, maybe they're a little bit stuck in the comfort zone or incremental type of business <laughs> change or, or increase zone. Um, and it's exciting times. It's exciting times that the industry is already there, is entering. And um, So, yeah. Roger, remember this, that the, the Apollo spaceship and lunar module that went to the moon, landed on the moon, and came back, that technology was far less than your iPhone has on right now. And we went to the moon and we even drove buggies, solar-powered buggies. But the technology is, is a fraction of what we have on an iPhone. Imagine that Elon Musk in 10 years docked with the space station, created a, uh, a launch vehicle for space that is reusable when NASA, Russia, China, Indian, none of the governments could, right? So, so we're in an era where human ideas have no limits. And technology will be our ally as long as we put ethical uh, controls around it, which is a big issue. But there are no limits to how we redefine this industry and the space going forward, right? And, and, and I think that's the most positive message to go forward with. Thank you. And on that note, Paul, thanks a lot for the sharing, for the case studies, for being with us today. Great, uh, great podcast and I'm sure all listeners will enjoy it. Thank you. Thank great you. pleasure. Thank you for listening to our podcast and if you like what you heard, be sure to follow us on radopalamariocom slash podcast for all the show notes and links. Also make sure to subscribe to our email links at, at the bottom of the page to get the news in the nick of time. 
I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me to stay tuned for the latest podcasts, articles, as well as industry news. And uh, make sure not to miss our new episode. Uh, next episode, episode four, will be with Roxanne Deshmish, the head of supply chain for Asia-Pacific region for Infineon Technologies. Roxanne is, is a very outspoken influencer of the industry and uh, a great person, and we will have some great stories and sharing. Thank you, and talk to you soon.